I reconnected with the school at the end of 2019 in my first year when I attended the Head Girls and Lady Lily luncheon. There were grammar women extending back to the 1960s and hearing their own personal stories beyond school was incredibly inspiring and it motivated me to want to stay connected to this vibrant community. People often speak affectionately, even wistfully, about old school friends. And while many stay in touch after leaving school, others reconnect years, even decades later. And becoming, of course, a part of an alumni community later on can bring a special dimension to our sense of community and belonging. Welcome to Illumine Grammar Women. I'm Jacinda Isla, Principal of Brisbane Girls Grammar School and your host. Today I'm speaking with three former students of Girls Grammar, Sarah Wilkie, who graduated in 2018, Abby Ashford, the year before that in 2017, and Lily Salento, feeling a little older and wiser perhaps from the class of 2015. Sarah, Abby and Lily, welcome back to Girls Grammar and welcome to Illumin. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah. Sarah, as our most recent graduate here today, and may I say also Ducks of the School in 2018, people are curious to know what you've been doing since leaving school. So I recently graduated from a Bachelor of Biomedical Science at UQ. So as a student at BGGS, I completed an internship with the MARTA Research Institute and also attended the Grammar Women in Medical Research event. And this sparked my interest in medical research. So at university, I found a passion for cancer immunotherapy. And I've recently been working on testing novel CAR T and CAR NK cells for leukaemia and osteosarcoma. Um, Currently, I'm writing my first manuscript uh, with Dr. Sherry Wu at SEMB on ovarian cancer. And I'm applying for postgraduate study in cancer immunotherapy. Sarah, the Grammar Women in Science event, which one was that and what was inspiring about it? Uh, So that was the Grammar Women event at QBI at UQ and we heard from Dr Emily Granger and Dr Lavinia Codd. And what was inspiring about hearing from those women in particular? Hearing their personal journey into research was particularly fascinating for me because it was a path that I was interested in, but I was still weighing up whether I wanted to go more into medicine or more into research. And it sounds like you're straddling both and, and keeping your options going. Is that right? Uh, yeah, that's right. Obviously, you have been very active academically. Life can get pretty busy, particularly once you start university or hopefully making new friends. And, and then, of course, we had the complication of the pandemic. How did you stay connected with Girls Grammar immediately after graduating and then perhaps now that a couple of years have gone by? So it's certainly been busy. I reconnected with the school at the end of 2019 in my first year when I attended the Head Girls and Lady Lily luncheon. There were grammar women extending back to the 1960s and hearing their own personal stories beyond school was incredibly inspiring and it motivated me to want to stay connected to this vibrant community. So, Abby, you're involved in the mentoring program. Can you tell us a little bit about how that's structured? It's actually really well put together in that you get paired quite deliberately with with your 11 students who have either similar aspirations to you or some similar, like, character traits that, you know, the staff that put it together feel that you can provide insight to them on. So, yeah, it's it's sit-down sessions with up to three girls. Sometimes it's one-on-one. 
And you can kind of just share your experiences since leaving school or even experience during school and kind of give insights on how it's shaped you to where you are now and how you feel it might shape them to where they want to be in the future. So it's just about, I guess, giving more positive role models that perhaps, you know, are a bit closer in age to these girls, but, you know, aren't their sisters or their parents, are, you know, are impartial in some ways, but also have a lot of shared experiences having gone to the same school. Yeah, that's a lovely way of putting it. And also when I think about the three of you, you have had such different experiences already and it's having, you can never have too many women for those younger girls to look up to or seek the advice of. Sarah, the other thing that you're involved in as well, of course, is this study program in the evenings. But tell us about the mentoring program. What do you get out of that personally? Has that been a positive, enriching experience for you? I found it incredibly rewarding to foster relationships with the current girls at the school because they're really interested in how your life has been shaped by grammar and what it looks like at university. And I find it a great opportunity to be able to share some of the skills and the advice that I've been given and that I've learnt over the years to try and help them figure out what career path they want to go down or how to cope with the stress of change on the transition from year 12 to university. And one of the things I think that's so valuable is that you've been through their experiences. They're all uniquely their own. But Lily, have you also mentored younger girls and been able to look back and give them advice? Yeah, so through the mentoring program, so I was doing it in term one as well with these girls and it was... Well, for me, coming back to the school, it was really nice because it's been like almost seven years now since I graduated. But to be able to interact with them and kind of try and pass on knowledge that you've learned and obstacles you've overcome, well, I've overcome over the past seven years, it's actually feel like you're trying to help them. But as well, you're also getting that sense of connection with the school. And it's like what Abby was saying about how I remember in high school, you kind of just have your parents who you're bouncing ideas off. And obviously, like mine was super supportive as well. But it would have been great to have, you know, that connection to someone who's literally just gone through the same process. I guess for you, it's almost a bit affirming too that you've got to the other side of that. And, and when, look, when you're looking back, you actually feel more secure about where you are right now. Absolutely. It just feels like you've gone on this big journey, but then you've learned so much along the way. And it's nice to think, oh, that was me like seven years ago. Look at what I've done in that time. But then you also still at the same time feel like you're still their age in year 12 at high school. So it's kind of funny. I think in a funny way, it's almost nostalgia when you Mm. see them kind of sitting Mm. in that uniform that you wore for five or six years yourself. And you kind of see them sitting there and you kind of remember being in their shoes and knowing so much about girls that have just graduated and particularly like the year 12s, like, it's a wonderful thing that we really idolise our year 12s and when we're in younger years we so are so curious about what they do when they leave school mm. and you kind of remember being in that position and, you know, particularly when it is girls that you might have been at school at the same time as. It's, it's almost a nostalgia, I feel, that, like, you can really resonate with where they were sitting and how you felt looking up at recent graduates and it's just so cool to see what they're doing. So it's, it's nice to be on the other side of that, I suppose. And do you think the Grammar Women idea for you, now that you're at the next stage, you also need people who are further along the path, don't you? Have you any of you tapped into maybe some older Grammar Women who've been helpful in, in helping to guide you? Funnily enough, I was having a conversation with Sarah Miller, who was mm. head girl in the year above me, 2016, just on the weekend about what she's been up to and specifically about medicine. I bump into girls in years above me, I guess that closer age group a lot. I know there are other events that the school puts on for, you know, slightly older alum and who are more like 
a bit deeper into their career, I suppose, that um, have always been offered and, you know, they're always popping up in my email inbox about events like that to mm. attend, which is lovely. So going back to you, Sarah, the school's evening program, obviously that's a different role to the mentoring. You're a, um, you know, a paid employee of the school. You're a study supervisor. Tell us about that experience. How did that come about? What's involved in it? And how is it different from mentoring? I joined the program in... 2020 when I was referred to by an outgoing supervisor and and I absolutely adore the program and I can see the value that it brings to the girls. So compared to the mentoring program it's more academic focused so you're assisting them to develop their writing, their oral communication skills, their critical thinking and I think I have a particular interest in helping them to develop as scientists so analysing data, learning how to research papers and I think one of the most rewarding aspects for me is that it, the program has an extremely high retention rate. So a lot of the girls will be involved from year 10 to year 12. And so over the years that I've been working with them, you can see them grow not only as academics, but also in their own personal lives in the way that they approach the stress of upcoming exams and how they're able to handle those obstacles. And I think being able to provide my insight but also see them grow and join them along this journey has been incredibly fulfilling. And we've seen them over the years now so I can only imagine just how inspiring you are to them and also what genuinely practical advice you've got as someone who's been so successful and and continues to keep pushing the boundaries of everything that you're doing. Now Abby, since graduating in 2017 you've, you know, trodden a less well-travelled path. You've had a few twists and turns so uh, obviously, in addition to studying university at QT, you've also um, been very active in the live music scene. You perform locally and actually across Australia, despite the challenges of COVID, and your band is Flag Duty. Some of people will have heard of it. If not, I hope they're looking it up now. You began all of this, obviously, leaving school, going straight to ANU in Canberra, but you very pretty quickly actually had a bit of a reset. Tell us what that was about. So how did you arrive at this juncture and where has it led to now? Yeah, so as you said, um, initially out of school, I straight away moved interstate. So yeah, moved to Canberra, Australian National University, and I was enrolled in engineering there, um, engineering science dual degree, actually. Um, living in college, I was still 17 at the time, so, you know, pretty young spring chicken. I guess I got a few months in and I realised that a couple of things about the situation weren't really working for me. I was struggling being away from home, away from my support network. I'd really thrown myself into, I didn't know anyone in Canberra apart from a couple of other girls from my year that had also gone down that path. So I, I really did kind of rip my support network out from underneath me right out of school had a big year 12 on the student council and academically and playing a lot of sport. So yeah, a few months in, I kind of realised it wasn't working for me and I made what at the time was quite a tumultuous decision for my mental health to actually come home. So to withdraw from my course and kind of try and get that reset, as you said, and really work out what I wanted to do. So there were a couple of challenges with that. I had some challenges with my mental health and that's when I actually got diagnosed with perfectionism. So realised that I wasn't coping super well with things not going to my plan, I suppose. Mm. I had six months off and that's actually when I got my first job at Girls Grammar. So first reconnected with the school was a big part of helping me kind of get through that tough little period. And that was as a coach of which sport? Uh, hockey was my first mm-hmm. first gig, yep. Mr McGarry hired me up. Multi-talented. You've had other <laughs> roles since though, haven't you? I haven't have you? had a few other roles since, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, so year after year following, so 2019, I enrolled this time at QUT, so Bachelor of Medical Engineering. Yeah, a bit closer to home, 
had a bit more support network, had had a bit of time to reset and, you know, really reaffirm where I wanted to go with my studies and what I wanted to do. And it takes a lot of courage, actually, to talk about that openly sometimes, Abby. And I, I think you talk about a certain perfectionism that a lot of girls are challenged by. So there are great benefits that come out of that, but there are also things to be managed. And do you think perhaps talking, as you have done to the girls, about it was a bit of a setback for you in some ways. It was a difficult time. Do you think it's important for us to talk about those things? And is, have you found that to be helpful for some of the younger girls as well? Absolutely. You know, even from a selfish perspective, it was really helpful for me to kind of come to terms with the style of thinker that I am. And there's no knockdown on being that style of thinker, on being someone that really strives and pushes ourselves and I think a lot of grammar girls are that style of thinker, mm. but it's recognising when that style of thinking is no longer being helpful and it's actually causing detriment, be it to your mental health or your physical health. So I think um, the more that we can have those conversations with those like-minded people and get to know ourselves and get to know our thinking style and where that tipping point is for us is, is incredibly helpful, both for me, you know, as someone that really understands that about myself and has that self-awareness and for anyone that I might mentor who's maybe still looking for that sense of self-awareness as yeah. they're thinking. And having got to the other side and, and reset and recalibrated your life in lots of ways, you've changed cities, you've changed universities, courses, all of those things, it, it, I think there's something really powerful in that for, for girls who see that you can have um, a reset and come out and find yourself in just the right place, which it sounds like you have, particularly around music. So you're obviously very gifted musically and we all recall your performances, particularly at gala and things right at the end of the year. You've done well academically, but you've got this fabulous band, Flag Duty. You perform at alumni events and build a community around it. But what's it like playing in front of your former friends? Is it is it more special? Is it more intimidating? How do you feel about performing with people who've known you? Oh, it's a funny one. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's more intimidating, but it is, it is always funny to kind of look down the crowd and, and see... Less so when you see your mates because they come, they will come to my gigs anyway and my family. But you see someone that you know well, but you don't maybe see them every week. And it's just really cool to see them kind of putting back into you, despite them not, maybe not being one of your best, you know, being one of your best friends. But see them kind of getting around you and still coming to support you. You know, even though it's not a school event, it's not gala anymore. They don't, not that you ever had to be there, but they don't have to be there as a representative of the school. They've chosen to take time and come and see what you're up to and come and see, you know, what kind of music you're making so it is really nice to perform to people that you know I, I suppose there is a little extra sense of intimidation I suppose you don't want to make a fool of yourself but um yeah I th I, it's a really positive experience and it's nice to have that opportunity you know put on by the school that live event yeah and you're tapping into that that community again aren't you and those connections even if those girls might be younger or in different year groups or you barely knew them but you all feel that you're part of something bigger which I, I think is the powerful thing we're all talking about but thinking about co-curricular because obviously you were involved in almost everything Abby so Aussie rules basketball hockey softball we've heard you've been a hockey coach what else have you coached at the school softball yeah those four that you said so yeah. softball AFL basketball and field hockey okay so how did that all come about and what have you enjoyed most of all about being involved in that coaching and facilitation, the other side of the game? Yeah, so that started when I when I came back from Canberra and uh, I was looking for things to do, looking for things to keep me busy. So I, I sent a text off, I think, to Mr Fogarty at the time and he said, yeah, I'm sure we can hook you up with a job. You make a bit of money while you're at it and, you know, reconnect with the school and we'll, we'll help you be part of that support network, give you things to do. 
So yeah, field hockey was my first little taste of coaching. And then it kind of just rolled on from there. You know, the next contract arrived and it was, do you want to coach softball? And I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll give it a go. And, you know, you go into the new year and it's basketball season. So <laughs> it's kind of just rolled on and it's still going. Uh, I, look, I've absolutely loved it. And it's actually changed quite a lot from those first years where the girls I was coaching all knew me and they all remembered me and they, you know, they knew I was sports captain. Some of them I even played in teams with them. And then a year later I was coaching them, whereas now... Uh, five years out of school the girls I'm coaching don't know who I am I have to introduce myself and they go oh what year did you graduate and you go oh 2017 they look at you like you're super old um so it's actually nice to see how that's kind of changed for me as a role from coaching people that were my friends and you know were my teammates to now coaching girls who have no idea who I am and I've got to build that rapport from scratch but yeah I I think anyone who's played sport at the school probably had an old girl coach them we have a fantastic community of old girls that do choose to come back and you know give their time to to putting it back into the sports program I just think it's really valuable because you're more than just someone that you know runs them through the drills and runs the subs on the day you are a role model and you can talk to them about things outside of sport in a training session there's so much more to it so absolutely Abby in every moment you girls are role models just in how you talk to the girls how you respond to their questions and you're absolutely doing that daily but Lily if we talk um, about your trajectory since leaving school obviously initially you went on to study biomedicine at UQ you had a a vision of where you were heading and then decided a little like Abby to switch tracks you then moved into business finance and accounting at QUT so again different course different field different university you did so well though obviously in that degree it was obviously the right place for you in 2020 you were the valedictorian who gave the valedictory address for the graduating cohort. Tell us, what's your sense of how life has evolved since leaving school? It was really interesting. I finished high school. I was dead set. I wanted to become a doctor. And then when I got my OP come through and I was heartbroken, which was actually really, you know, I look at it now, I can't believe I was upset about it. I did so well, but it just wasn't enough for what I was wanting to do. Anyway, I was like, okay, I'm going to study science. I'm going to do that and then I'll do the GAMSAT and try and get in through that way. And then, so it was my first year out of school and, you know, I was disengaged. My marks were dropping as the kind of, I entered into semester two, especially of uni. I just wasn't in it at all, which was a really big contrast to my last two years of high school. Like year 11 and 12, I was super focused, like involved in leadership, extracurricular, super involved. And so it just didn't, something didn't feel right. I was in my head, I need to just step away, take a break. And so I ended up having a year off from studying, which was actually really formative. I worked um, in a cafe, a busy cafe in the city for six months, just working there five days a week. And then I went traveling over to Europe for about four months by myself, like started on a Kentucky and then just moved around. And it was really one of those times that, you know, you've spent like the last, even if you include primary school, you've spent the last 12 years studying and in a very controlled environment, really supportive. And I've loved school. I always say I love school, you know, wish I could go back and do a day here or there. Like I just always, I really did enjoy it. But it was one of those times where, you know, I wasn't studying and I look back now and working in the cafe, I found it really hard initially that, you know, none of my friends would, they were all still in their degrees. And I felt like I quite lost, I think, and a bit almost self-conscious about how I didn't know what I was doing. And I wasn't at uni because that's what I'd planned. And that's what I, where I wanted to be, but I didn't actually have much direction. But I think about it now, I actually really enjoyed, I 
through the, my time at the cafe, I came over that. And you actually learn skills, like lots of customer um, service skills. You're interacting with lots of people and just a different kind of environment to what I had been used to over the period of time before. And then going away, obviously, and having that freedom of absolutely no responsibilities. All I had to think about was where I was and where I wanted to go the next day. And so I think that was really a good thing for me to do, to take that time and come back and reset. As Abby was saying, it's sometimes you just have to reset, take the time. And then I didn't know where I really wanted to go after that. I did realise across that time that I probably didn't have that passion to be a doctor anymore. I was looking at some of my other friends and some of the girls that I graduated with, they've finished science now and they've done their GAMSAT and they're starting medicine or they've just started in the last kind of year. And so that's awesome to see, but it just clearly wasn't my path. Anyway, so I decided I'll give business a go. You know, can't go wrong there. But I didn't study economics or accounting in year 11 or 12 or anything like that. So it was all very new to me. But so to start it, I was always more geared towards numbers like maths and science. So naturally, the accounting and finance and economics side of the degree was where I kind of excelled and was more interested. So I almost kind of fell into it, but it ended up being something that I really enjoy doing. And, you know, across that time, being a little bit older as well, doing that my business degree at QUT. I think it was actually really beneficial as well because, you know, in my second year, I was trying to get experience in different industries, working out where I actually wanted to go with it. Whereas when I was first year out of school, 17, 18, I didn't have that drive to do that. I needed the break to kind of reset. So it's actually, I'm really happy with the journey I've gone on in the end. And, you know, I've found what I really like and yeah. Here I am now. And what was helpful, you know, at that time when you were taking a break and just mulling, was it just having time? Was it just being connected to what you truly loved and wanted? Or were there people that you had conversations with that were helpful? Well, I think obviously my mum and dad were really supportive. They could see that I just wasn't happy really enjoying what I was doing. And although, you know, we all have this thing in our minds that you don't want to, you know, you just finish your degree, get a degree, then you can take time to do whatever. But it was really just, I actually started in the next semester, like of my second year and I got, it was just before the census date and I thought this isn't right, you know, I just had to kind of be a bit brave and think it's, I'll just take six months off. But I think in terms of people talking to, it really was just bouncing the ideas off my parents and my friends. It's kind of was one of those things that I just had to make the decision for myself. And those friends, so again, tapping back into the connections of girls that you've gone to school with, maybe Mm. older students, was that helpful in sustaining you through that time while you were trying to figure it all out? Yeah, absolutely. I'm still really good friends with all my high school friends and even after school become a lot closer with girls that I was in the same year and then we were always friends in school. But, you know, when you're not in the same group and you're not sitting at the same table, you don't know each other as well. (laughs) But it's really, really a great support network coming out of high school with just some really good friends. And obviously you meet heaps of people while you're out of school, but it's always lovely to just go back to the girls that you've gone through high school with and you just understand each other. <laughs> and speaking about that, you know, it certainly seems through those grammar women events and a lot of them are deliberately meant to encourage some professional networking too with, as you say, older generations of women who sometimes have got helpful advice or a little further down the career path. And Lily, you've really accessed those. You've been a really good attender. How has reconnecting with those women from different generations been helpful to you? 
Yeah, so it's been really helpful. I think one of my friends from school, she sent through the link to the one of the first leaders in Game Changers, maybe the second one, and it had Libya Amelia. She was the managing director of Louis Vuitton Oceania at the time. I think now she's working, heading up Tiffany & Co. In Singapore. Like. In yeah, Singapore, I think yeah. So, yeah. And then Jessica Rudd as well. She yes. sits on a lot of boards Amazing. and it was really inspiring. Uh, so many of my friends from school are now, you know, working in investment banks and things like that. And it's it was so good to go to that event and see these women who are excelling as businesswomen and learn from them. And it really made me think, wow, I want to be like that in 10 years. I want to be living over in Singapore and running a big company and things like that. So it was really inspirational as well as a great opportunity at the event to you know, see old girls that I hadn't seen for a while and reconnect as well. And then that led to me doing the mentoring stuff as well. So I'm going to finish with a question for all of you, but but maybe I'll start with you, Sarah, as the most recent graduate. It's hard to believe that next week, as we sort of record this conversation, our Year 12 girls are going to their valedictory dinner, speech day, and then that walk up German Lane, and then they go off into the wider world. What sort of advice would you have for them about joining that wider world, perhaps going to university or not? What sort of, um, I guess, guidance would you give them? So I found it really interesting today that all three of us have had this uniting thread of change and overcoming obstacles and finding your feet because that actually resonated really strongly with me because after I graduated in July, I was deciding do I go straight into honours or do I actually take some time out? And I found myself in a position where, uh, like Abby, I was struggling with my mental health. And then, uh, like Lily, I was struggling with this idea that my whole life, especially when I was at school, like I was known to be academically driven. And then to take time off almost felt like uh, an injustice to that persona that I had for myself. And so I took the plunge and I took the six months off and it has ended up being the best decision that I could have made. I built, rebuilt my support network. I managed to find a purpose beyond just academia, which had I'd largely, I felt, centred my identity around. I found more hobbies and more of my interests and worked on cultivating a more fulfilling and full life. And so my advice to the graduates is to invest time in filling your cup so it's not just uni. Like, there's going to be so many opportunities at uni and it's so easy to become sucked into it all like you've got internships you could be doing your coursework you can be doing applying for scholarships but life is just so much more beyond that it's about spending time with your friends and family it's about doing a social sport or joining a club and just making sure that you take advantage of all of those opportunities that university has to offer as well and I think in part with that advice is to not be afraid if So you have an idea of where you think your career might end up. And so when I first left school, that was medicine. I think everyone assumed that I'd be going into medicine, but then I found myself at a crossroad where I was like, everyone, I think, has this idea of what I'm going to do with my career. But then I found throughout my studies that my passion was elsewhere. It was an experience trying to learn to trust myself and to trust my instincts. And I think to not be afraid to just forge your own journey throughout these next few years and to not be afraid if it takes any twists or turns or doesn't go to what you initially planned. 
Thank you, Sarah. That is a beautiful articulation that I think applies to everyone at every stage in life. But Lily, what would be your advice or practical tips even for girls who are about to enter the wide world? I think a change in routine and change in what you know is always going to be really difficult. So it's something that you have to be prepared for and it's going to happen, but it's good. And I guess for me, I've you know gone into uni you know, change my routine and then finish uni and you go into the workplace working five days a, work, a week, a very demanding role, and then that changes your routine as well. But I think that can really stress me out. But it does get quite stressful when you feel like you're not delivering on for yourself. And I find that I compare myself a lot to my peers, but I think that's one thing that I would really try and avoid I'm getting better at it but it's one of those things everyone's on their own path and just because all of your friends are at uni doing one thing and they're charging ahead with their degree or the people that you're working with are getting opportunities to work on this but you need to think like you need to think about yourself and always just kind of remember that you are able to do whatever you want with your life you don't have to stick on this plan that you know you've set out for yourself or you feel like your parents have set out or society's put on you you really can just take a rank go and travel and do something like for myself now I'm after I finished my degree I wasn't able to go and work a ski season which was my goal I always wanted to do it but it was COVID so Mm. I've been working at Deloitte now for like 18 months and I said to them a few months ago look this is something I've always wanted to do and I need to do it and they've given me the time off to go over and do a ski season at the end of this year which is something that I never thought I would do once I hit my career that's that like I need to really build and do that but things get in the way like COVID and so it's just remembering like what you need and giving yourself the opportunity to do that and grow because in the long term it's going to be better off for everyone. And where are you going? I'm going to a town called Marybelle in the French Alps. Sounds beautiful. Abby what's your advice to a graduating year 12 girls? Not dissimilar to what to what the other two girls have already said but I, I might go down more of a soft skill route and that would just be really get to know yourself there are some big changes that that come with leaving school and and you know transitioning from uni to work as well I imagine will be similar but really get to know yourself in that time and sometimes the best time to learn about yourself is through adversity and through challenge and get to know what makes you tick what doesn't make you tick how to get yourself out of a tricky spot what you need in terms of support network or you know communication or or be it you know actual formal formal help from professionals to actually get the most out of yourself and I think yeah I think the first thing with that is being self-aware and and knowing where you sit in your own head and how you think and and how you behave and what kind of person you want to be will be the first step to to knowing things like I need a break or knowing things like I'm not on the right path so building self-awareness in this time and yeah just really getting to know yourself I think is the biggest tip I can give. Well Abby, Lily and Sarah it has been a pleasure I'm sure for anyone listening to get to know a little more about you. Thank you for sharing so openly about your experiences with such wisdom and such clarity actually and I think you've shown that life is not a straight path. It takes twists and turns but you are all extraordinarily strong and as you said trusting and being true to yourself along the way. So Sarah, Lily and Abby thank you for speaking me. 
You have been listening to Illumin, a podcast by Brisbane Girls Grammar School. Music for this podcast was written and performed by former Year 12 student Alicia Seng. To ensure you never miss an episode of Illumin, please subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. And to learn more about the school, visit the website at www.bggs.qld.edu.au.